Chapter 17, Trinity Do you find activities with no discernible goal enjoyable? Li Wei asks as I boost myself out of the pool along the side instead of taking the stairs. He's sitting on the lounge chair where he and Tim have taken to hanging out as I do my daily laps. We're just always kind of together now, and it feels right. His presence is comforting, which is unexpected. I'd always thought that swimming cleared my head, helped me feel free, but it's only now with him sitting outside the water keeping watch that I realize some part of me has always been on edge as I swim, waiting for something. His presence shouldn't make me feel so safe or a host of other things that can't ever be acted on. First of all, he's not human, which should be reason enough not to let the dreams of him kissing me, touching me, take over my waking thoughts too. It isn't, though. I think about his hands all the time. I imagine how they'd feel all over my body. I imagine his gaze searing into mine as he pushes into me. I need to stop because, second of all, it would be wrong. How could I ever know the difference between what he wanted and what he thought he had to do because I was human? I'm the one teaching him. I'd be no better than a boss creeping on an unwilling subordinate. He's stronger than me physically. But my power lay in the simple fact that I was human and he was trying to be. Third, why was I even thinking any of these things? I hadn't had these desires before I'd met Li Wei, hadn't writhed in my bed imagining anyone's hands skimming over my breasts, my stomach, my. What did you say? I asked him, realizing he's still waiting for my response while my thoughts have drifted to what needs to remain a very vivid fantasy. I look at his toes. Maybe if he doesn't look into my eyes, he won't be able to pick up on my arousal. Even my mirror can sense that, I think, as my neck heats. Do you like doing pointless things? He's taken to rephrasing his sentences anytime I ask him to repeat himself, and it's fascinating to hear his tone relax, his syllables elide, and hard consonants drop off. It's odd to know that, though he's connected to the internet and always parsing information, most of these language changes are happening because he's constantly talking to me, and I'm constantly talking to him. I enjoy all that talking, and he actually is capable of enjoying it now. I have no idea how my life suddenly became this weird, or how weird became so normal. I have no idea what I'm going to do when he has to leave. Pointless things, like trying to teach a robot how to be human? He rolls his eyes and scoffs because he understands my joking tone now. The movement is something I know I do, but he's adapted it to his own personality. Because he does have a personality. And the more time I spend with him, the more I enjoy that too. The getting to know him. You're teaching a biosynthetic humanoid, actually. There's playfulness in his tone. Not everyone is so lucky as to be in my presence. You think babysitting a cyborg is a sign of luck? Trinity. He's watching me dry off, and I remind myself that he's simply cataloging data, not checking me out, even if his gaze does linger on my breast and thighs. You swim back and forth in the pool. You walk in circles on the track. You dart back and forth between our apartments or to those of your friends. That's normal. Not for you. You don't leave the residential complex. This doesn't fit your profile, which is, according to your Hive personnel file, travel was your passion, and you routinely traveled the globe for work. But you seem to no longer have this desire to travel, 
or even to leave the residence. He purses his lips as he regards me, a movement he didn't learn from me. I've influenced him, but there are so many parts of Leeway that are simply him. In addition, you had a goal when I met you, which was to conquer the elevator, and you stopped your daily visualization. Geez, I should ask him if Kimberly told him to get on my case, too. I scrub the towel over my chest. Not that it would matter if I didn't, but I leave the complex all the time. I apologize. I do not mean to insinuate there is anything wrong with it. But you are telling me that you've left the complex when I know you haven't since my arrival, at the very least. When do you remember doing so? His questions are followed by the start of a dull throb behind my eyes. I slam them shut in annoyance. Have you been monitoring me since you arrived? I'm guessing that's a no since you're wrong. Just the other day I went out with Rue. We... I've monitored all the inhabitants of the building by heat signature and recorded their movement within a specific radius. It's part of my programming. Hmm, you should get your sensors checked then. I draped the towel over my head to dry my hair as the pain in my head fades. I didn't know robots were so nosy. All intelligence has some level of curiosity. It's why your distant ancestors crawled out of the primordial ooze. I need to figure out what he's been reading that makes him sound like the philosophy major I dated back in. When was that again? If you've left since the day you met me, please share that data so I can check my system for errors. His voice has a bit of an edge to it. Do you remember the last time you left? Of course I do. Anyway, I've been pretty busy with you. But we can take a field trip if you want. All you had to do is ask. I wink at him. He blinks twice. Most people probably wouldn't have noticed, but I've seen that double blink a lot lately. I'm pretty sure it means he's processing, thinking. He tends to do it in the same way Rue cracks her knuckles with her thumb when she's figuring out how to solve a problem. It's kind of endearing when he's not asking annoying questions. You're totally right. It's the first time I've heard him speak so colloquially, and I'm a little taken aback at how human he sounds. I do want to see the world outside of the complex, but I didn't state it directly and also use that desire to pursue another line of inquiry. I believe my algorithms have evolved again. How's that? My communication is becoming less clear. Isn't that a bad thing? Humans often say one thing and mean another, even if they don't realize it. They use subterfuge even with those they hold dear, and they contradict themselves constantly. The way he's looking at me feels more than a little judgmental. Whatever, I huff. He smiles again. I have developed a subconscious that acts of its own accord. I wonder if my algorithms will also mimic the frailty of human memory. He actually sounds excited, showing that he's definitely not human. We generally don't get psyched about our flaws. Can't you control them, the algorithms? No, I can't, though at one point someone could. My original programming required that. Original programming? This is the first time I've heard him mention something other than his current programming. I suddenly remember Dr. Zhang leaning toward me. He's had an accident. He has some memory, behavioral, and motor skill issues, but he's on the mend. She'd seemed so sad and so pleased at the possibility of me and Li Wei becoming friends. I've been so caught up in all of this that I've completely overlooked that. Dr. Zhang had lied to me. 
I understand that she couldn't just tell me she had contraband hive-tech chilling in her apartment, but there's a world of difference between this is my nephew and he's all that I have left in my family. Maybe she did feel like he was family, but I'd never taken her for a liar. If she'd lied about that, what else hadn't I been warned about? The algorithms are like cells, Leeway continues, his voice so human that I'm pulled immediately out of my reverie. They grow and evolve and carry out their various functions, but you have no control over them, even though they are part of you. His eyes widen. My first simile, or is that a metaphor? English grammar databases are somewhat confusing. I shrug before sitting beside him on the lounger. Tim is taking up most of the room, stretched out in the sun as he is, so I'm forced to sit almost right up against Leeway. I don't mind close proximity, just how I don't mind how much time we've been spending together. Whatever it is, you should be proud, learning fast. I tap the tip of his nose with my finger, and he stops moving. He blinks twice, then smiles. It's more than a smile, really. His lips purse just so, and his eyes dart to the side as if he's thinking about something that he couldn't possibly be thinking about. Could he? My cheeks go all warm, and I look down at our thighs pressing against each other. Wonder what his heat sensors are making of my sudden change in body temperature. Soon you'll be ready to go back, to the hive, I try to say casually, this reminder to myself that I shouldn't be this attached to him. Dr. Z will be woken from the medically induced coma soon. I'm sure whatever humanitarian program you were designed for needs you. Leeway and I have started watching the news streams at night, and it's clear that the world is even more of a hellscape than when I'd stopped. It's not what they show on the news, it's what they don't. I've remembered why I stopped watching. It's all so much, too much, and not even the entire story. I don't think about my life at the Hive before the incident too often, but I'd been good at my job, and that latent skill set allows me to see the data that they've cropped, edited, and reshaped, to see how incredibly screwed we are via the things they aren't focusing on and damn well should be. Rising waters that we tried to prevent too late, brewing wars with former enemies and former allies alike, between Russia and China alone. We've painted ourselves into a political corner we can't get out of, and the resultant proxy wars and famines have left a trail of countless casualties. There are too many people in this world who need a hero, and whether Dr. Zhang wakes up or someone in her lab puts two and two together, Li Wei is going to leave me soon. I don't want to go, he says quietly. The anguish I felt in my dreams spreads in my chest. This time, instead of fading, it sinks heavily there like an anchor making itself comfortable in the bed of the ocean. The emotion is sudden and intense, and the fact that it's not going away is probably something I should immediately contact Kimberly about. I shut my eyes instead because contacting Kimberly means leaving his side, and that doesn't seem bearable right this minute. You'll have to go, I say. I grip the sliver of lounge chair between us, and he squeezes his hand into the space too, inadvertently caressing my bare thigh as he does to rest his hand atop mine. The anguish doesn't leave me, but something else beats it back, holds it at bay. I close my eyes against that something else, against the truth that I've been pushing away since I agreed to train Leeway. He's not just some high-tech superhero. He's hive property. They can take him back like they would my driving station. 
They can treat him like he has no free will. They can treat him how they treat any employee they forced into their ranks, I realize. I will not go, he says, squeezing my hand and distracting me. Do you think you'll have a choice? I'm angry now. I hadn't had a choice, really, when the recruiter had walked up to my exhausted and overwhelmed teenage self in a hospital waiting room, offering a financial lifeline to my drowning family at the low, low price of my future. I expect a response from him, but get an odd silence instead. I turn to look at him, and his expression is blank, uncanny. When I look into his eyes, I see the faintest pinprick of a blinking red light at the center of his iris, and my body stiffens. Leeway? I nervously scrunch the towel with my free hand. What if he's malfunctioning? What if I can't help him? I nudge him. Hey! Downloading, he replies calmly. Oh, do you have to do that here? What if... You two look comfortable! Rue is standing in front of us suddenly, toolbox in hand. Her gaze drops to the space, or lack thereof, between our thighs on the lounge chair, where his hand rests atop mine. Seems she's tapping into her nosy superintendent power. I toss my towel up at her to distract from leeway, but a hand snatches it out of the air before it hits her. Yana and her barista reflexes. I scowl at her and she blows me a kiss. So this is going to be a friend tag team, it seems. I guess I had kind of disappeared on them for the last few days, but I didn't want to lie. Before recently, it had been too obvious that Leeway wasn't human. After, I just wanted him to myself. Hey, he says, then flashes a welcoming grin. You're Trinity's friends. Again, I'm surprised by how he's adapting to humanity so quickly. His stilted formal speech had loosened up a few days ago, but now his voice has changed again. It's smooth in a way it wasn't a moment ago. Appealing. It doesn't matter that I know he isn't human. Something about his voice sends a shiver through me that settles right in the core of me. I pull my hand from beneath his to cross my arms over my chest, where my nipples have also noticed the change in his voice and perked up to get a listen. I'm so sorry about your aunt, Yana says inclining her head toward him while she shoves my towel into my face with surprising strength, boxing me out of the conversation. I snatch it back and glare up at her, but her soft gaze is focused on him. She is your aunt, yes? She's still in a medically induced coma, but Trinity thinks she'll be released soon. That seems like a way around lying, given his programming. Interesting. Were you very close? Rue asks. I open my mouth to answer for him, because this is clearly a question that might lead to trouble. But I'm too late. We were when I was younger, until my early 20s. She was my favorite aunt, and she treated me like I was her own child. He pauses. But her work for the U.S. government caused trouble for my family. I didn't think I'd ever get to see her again. It all comes out so smoothly, and Rue and Yana give him sad smiles, but I can't move. He lied. He lied, effortlessly. He's been seeming more and more human, but with just those few sentences, I realize I've been taking this whole thing way too lightly. He isn't a robot. He's been correcting me over and over, and I've taken it as a joke, but in that moment, I begin to understand what exactly a biosynthetic human can be. Are you coming to game night? Yana asks me 
then glances at Li Wei. You can come too, I guess. I'd like that. Li Wei looks at me, brows raised and a smidge too high, so he looks shocked, more than as if he's waiting for my answer. I raise my own brows to model how to do it, and he lowers his by a millimeter. Yeah, we'll be there, I say, keeping my gaze fixed on him. They walk off and the lounge chair moves as Tim hops off to follow them. What the hell was that? I whisper urgently as I whirl on him. What was that lie? Lie? You mean my memories? Goosebumps raise on my arms. You don't have memories. I told you I was downloading. What were you downloading that would suddenly have you talking all smooth and lying? I didn't lie. Within my databases are several files that I haven't been able to access. I'm constantly running code-breaking algorithms for files like these. One of the folders unlocked. Not because I found the password. I'm not sure what prompted it. And that file contained... Memories. He has the nerve to sound annoyed with me for asking. I don't know why, but after everything, this is a bridge too far for me. I stare down at the ground because... I'm scared to look at him. Can you explain? There's a vast array of information culled from the social media accounts, audio recordings, uploaded videos, and writing materials of user Zhang Li Wei. This data was compressed and reformatted, creating memories of myself and others. As with humans, my personality is affected by my experiences, so my behavior may be altered. This is too much. Whose memories did he have? And who was he about to become? I start to lose focus, the edges of my vision going blurry. You can't have memories. You're a biosynthetic humanoid. His voice is harsh. What do you think a memory is? Do you believe it's something unique to humans? A pigeon remembers the faces of humans who feed it. A dog will remember its owner even if years pass before it sees them again. Penny remembers everything all of you do. Why shouldn't I have memories too? He sounds really angry for the first time since I've met him. Whatever that download was, it's changed something in him. And for the first time, I ask myself what I should have asked since the beginning. What exactly is he capable of? I shake my head. But they're not yours. They can't be. If you were created, how can you have memories of being a child or a teenager? You've taken someone else's memories. Leeway shakes his head a scowl marring his expression. Everything you remember isn't accurate either. Everything you remember isn't yours. Humans will tell a funny story once, embellished, a lie. They tell it again. Eventually, that story is real to them, as real as if it actually happened. It's their memory. What is the difference between a memory and what one believes to be a memory, Trinity? His words echo in my head, growing louder and louder and louder along with the beating of my heart. Memory. Memory. Jordan, you two need to get the fuck out of there now! <laughs> There's a sudden pressure on my palm and I suck in a deep, ragged breath that drives away the sadness that it started to pull me under. Li Wei is holding my hand, squeezing and releasing in short, quick bursts. Maybe we should go inside, he suggests. You have pilo erection. Excuse me? I shake the fog from my mind to glance at him. He blinks twice. Goosebumps. 
oh, right, I should go shower. And I should apologize. I didn't understand that I was experiencing anger until it was too late. The emotion is new and I'm sorry. There's a furrow between his brows and a frown of contemplation. His fingers move over my hand absentmindedly. It's okay. I don't know why I reacted like that. I still feel shaky as we walk up the stairs, a tremor deep inside of me, and I curl my fingers around his because both of us seem to need comfort. It's not okay, he says, tugging to stay me as I go to take another step. I look down at his hand which I know can punch through metal and crush as well as any compactor. He's holding me so gently. I inhale deeply. We all get snappy sometimes. It's what people do. Besides, anger has been shown to enhance neuroplasticity, so it's probably helpful to you too. His head turns toward me suddenly, brows raised at the correct level. I shrug. I was a data analyst, remember? I know things. I smile at him. But really, I'm okay. I know according to the robot rules or whatever you can't hurt humans, but I assume the robot rules you're referring to are Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics, which made their first appearance in the short science fiction work Runaround and were popularized by the collection iRobot. Uh, no, the other ones. The AI programming laws. He shakes his head. I'm aware of the international AI programming laws, of course, but I make my own decisions, just as humans do with the laws of their society. He takes a step toward me, and his grip on my hand tightens, but not in a threatening way. When he speaks, his voice is low. I can hurt you. You know that. I nod, every muscle taut, but not from fear. His voice is a rough caress over my body, setting off that ache deep inside me. I won't hurt you, ever. You know that too. He waits for me to nod again, which I do, because of course I know that. That is my choice, not my programming. When it comes to you, nothing I do is the result of a preset behavioral rubric. For some reason, my eyes fill with wet warmth. I curse as a tear slips down my cheek and quickly brush it away with my free hand. Come on, of course it is. You were created to save the world or something, and you just happen to keep watching over me? He doesn't answer, and I let out a ragged laugh and start walking again, tugging him along with me. He's still holding my hand when we reach our respective doors. Before you go in, his voice is lower than usual, and his index finger comes to my chin and lifts lightly so that my gaze meets his. Is this okay? Touching you like this? Are you scanning my retinas to see if I'm okay? My voice is annoyed, but my body is moving counter to that. With the slightest movement of my head, I brush my jawbone over his fingertip. He brings his thumb to the other side of my chin, holding me still as he watches me. No, I just want to look at you. Oh, this has to be some kind of practice for him, how to comfort a human. His thumb is caressing my jawline and down the column of my throat now. His touch spreads heat through me, bursts of it like fireworks along my veins. I am going to repeat that my behaviors toward you are not programming. Why then? I ask. Why did you keep coming to me in the beginning? He shrugs. 
I don't know what drove those actions. Now, though, I want to touch you, even though I already know the sensation of your skin under my hands. I want to look at you, although I've captured millions of frames of your image in my memory. Is this part of being human? I close my eyes and take in a deep breath, inhaling the scent of the laundry detergent from the wash we did together the day before. I don't know, but I feel the same way, even if I shouldn't. I understand you not want to, but not shouldn't. Why shouldn't you feel the same way? Because I tear my gaze away from his to stare down at our feet. It would be unethical for me to be with you. This is the truth, but saying it out loud actually hurts. Lie detected. He takes a step closer to me so that my back is pressed against my door. Your answer is predicated on a scenario in which the non-human doesn't have free will. I have that, remember? And remember what you told me. You said you're allowed to choose who you have sex with. I choose you. I want you. I lean back against my door and raise my gaze to his. Can he read the need in my eyes? You seem very sure about that. I've collected enough data to be sure, but I felt this from the beginning, from before I knew what want was. One of his hands grips the doorframe to brace himself, the wood creaking from the strength of his fingers. I shiver, thinking of that hand holding me down. He lowers his head toward me, his face as beautiful and familiar as the knot of emotion in my chest, and I raise my hand to cup his cheek. He pauses when his lips are a hair's breadth from mine, his gaze on me as strong as his grip, and says, You keep insisting I was made to save the world, but I only want to save you. You are my world. Anyway... A bittersweet ache crashes around in my chest like a robovac trying to rechart a room that's been rearranged. I'm going to kiss you, he says, and when I nod, his smile creases his cheeks and warms his eyes. His face is so close, and I have no robot jokes and no worries about ethics, just a bone-deep sense of relief as his lips finally press against mine. They're soft and firm at once, smoothing over mine hesitantly at first, then with such ravenous desire that my head knocks back against my door, cushioned by my curls. His hand rests gently on my throat, stroking the side of my neck. I arch my hips up and forward, innately searching out. I gasp as his erection rubs against me through the slippery fabric of my bathing suit. His hand slides into the space between my door and the dip of my back to hold me against him, and he deepens our kiss, licking into my mouth. I'm fairly certain this is his first kiss, but he's taken to it like a fish to water, alternating stroke speed and depth, using his teeth to graze my bottom lip. My neck is craned back as I cup the back of his head, trying to pull him deeper into our kiss, and then his fingers press into my hips as he lifts me up and against him. A forearm slips beneath my ass while his other hand slides behind my neck. Even as he kisses the hell out of me, Li Wei is looking out for my comfort. Do you? I gasp into his mouth, wrapping my legs around him even though he's strong enough to support my weight with no assistance. Does it feel good to you? His response is to position me more firmly against his erection. 
I shudder with desire, the heat of an explosion before the sound of the blast rushing through me, and Leeway does too. Okay, that's a yes, I managed between kisses. My doubt hasn't disappeared completely, but it's buried somewhere beneath the strength of my desire for him, beneath the bliss of being in his arms. I wanted him so badly, but I hadn't imagined he could affect me like this. Trinity, I've never heard his voice like this. Wait, I have. I have? When? Trinity, I don't understand something, he says. He isn't out of breath, but there's a heated excitement in his gaze as he pulls his head back to look at me. What? I run my fingers through his hair. How do we stop this? The elation begins to drain from me, and I move to slide down from him, but he only holds me more securely. I want to keep kissing you and holding you, and my predictive algorithms don't foresee an end to this want. How do we stop apart from your necessary biological needs? Leeway, his question spreads through me like a ray of sunlight beaming from inside out. That question is way sexier than it should be. His brow furrows. What's the answer? I reach my arm behind me and wave my smart bracelet over the sensor, then push the door open. The answer? For now, we don't stop. His mouth takes mine again. No hesitation, no awkwardness. He doesn't need to see. He has sensors for that. So when he walks into the apartment and kicks the door closed behind him, he doesn't pull his face away to look around. His hand runs up and down my back, and then he turns and pins me to the door again, kissing me until all I can feel, all I know, is his demanding mouth on mine. He presses a hard kiss to my cheek, my chin, the junction of my jaw and my neck. Leeway. My body is tight with need, and I rock my hips forward against him. Those perfectly firm lips of his brush against my collarbone, then over the slope of my breast through the thin fabric of my bathing suit. His teeth gently scrape against the hardened peak of my nipple through the material three times before he begins to suck. My thighs clench around him and I squirm, grinding the corresponding pulse of need in my clit against those abs of his. They are useful for something, it seems. His free hand peels down my bathing suit and top, and I help him as best I can while pinned to the door. Oh, fuck. I grip his shoulders hard as he uses his teeth and tongue on each nipple, then grazes his teeth along the curve of my breast and down my stomach. Leeway, please. He turns abruptly and carries me, just like that. My legs wrapped around his chest now, his arms supporting my back, and his mouth licking along my abdominals to seat me on the edge of the kitchen island. He rolls my bathing suit down my legs in three efficient tugs before he drops to his knees. May I? He stares up into my eyes until I nod and then kisses his way up my thighs. I close my eyes and thread my fingers into his hair and the leeway of my dreams and the leeway I've grown to care so much for become one in my mind. His touch, his gentleness, the way he teases me. He pauses just before he reaches my clit, his breath tickling my sensitive skin instead of his tongue, and I open my eyes and glance down. Do you want to stop? I ask. It's okay. When he looks up at me, I catch the faintest blink of light in his gaze, and then something else, 
a depth of emotion I'd never imagined possible. No, I'm downloading. There's wonder in his tone, as if this isn't the worst timing ever for a system upgrade or whatever's happening. A file I've been trying to access for weeks has finally unlocked. I bite my lip against the urge to scoot closer to his mouth as his breath tickles me. Oh, is it more memories or like sex instructions? He laughs, actually laughs, the burst of air making me squirm. Yes. What? My question goes unanswered because Liwei's powerful tongue licking along my clip puts an end to whatever thoughts were forming in my head. He licks and sucks and whirls his tongue against my sensitive flesh, and I cry out, my heels pushing back into the side of the kitchen island so hard I hear the compressed wood crack. I slap at his shoulder and I pull at his hair, driven by a need so powerful that it steals even the ability to say, fuck me now. He understands, rocking back to tug his shirt over his head and undo his jeans. He doesn't shuck them off completely. I'm not the only desperate one, it seems. His jeans are bunched around his knees as he steps up against the counter and settles between my thighs, with one hand gripping the counter and the other gripping the back of my neck. Trinity, he whispers my name, staring at me like I'm something awe-inspiring. You are my world. The words are firm this time, not a repetition, but an affirmation. My eyes well with tears. I blink them away, then reach between us and fist the hard, heavy length of him. His eyes widen as I stroke his shaft and guide him into me. He gasps, the shocked surprise of his reaction thrilling me. This is... I didn't know sensation like this could exist. His grip on my nape tightens, and then he thrusts into me, filling me in a smooth, controlled motion. It's my turn to gasp. My hands grip his waist, and my head drops back to look up into his eyes. He doesn't speak, and he isn't out of breath, but his expression is intense and his jaw is clenched. I swivel my hips upward, and his forehead drops to mine. His hands grip my hips tightly as he pounds up into me, silent and determined his sole purpose being our dual pleasure. He could hurt me with his superhuman strength, but he moves with purpose, angling his thrust as if he knows exactly what I like best, as if he knows me inside and out. The orgasm hits me so hard that it could be comical. I arch and moan and lose any semblance of control I'd ever had over my body. Liwei holds me through it all, keeping me from falling off the counter and then gathering me up when I wrap my arm around him afterward. Tears are streaming down my face, pooling onto his shoulder. I don't know why. A sob racks my body, and he holds me through this, too. It's okay, he says. His big hand rubs over my back, and even though I should be embarrassed, instead I just feel cared for. I understand, even if I can't cry. He walks toward the shower cube and I climb down from him, my legs wobbly. He kisses my ear, my cheekbone, and then my mouth. I want to join you because the need to touch you has only grown, but we have to attend game night. He pulls up his jeans and nods his chin toward the shower cube before turning to leave. As the space between us widens, my scalp begins to prickle. Leeway? He stops and looks back over his shoulder at me, and there's longing in his eyes 
familiar and strong enough to almost make me lose my balance. Don't fear. I'll be back, he says. His expression suddenly grows worried, and he steps forward and touches my face, as if he couldn't fight his own need. Then he goes. When I'm under the hot spray of the shower, the feel of Leeway's hand still fresh on my body, his words from the lounge chair come back to me. I wonder if the algorithm also recreates the frailty of human memory. The frailty of human memory. Why is this what I'm thinking of instead of reveling in the insanely hot sex I just had on a kitchen counter? My body is still throbbing, but my mind keeps going back to memories and how mine are threadbare, even in comparison to a biosynthetic human's. As I work my conditioner into my hair, I try to remember my first pet, a goldfish named Orange U Cute. My first kiss, a boy named Kev, I think. The last time I'd had sex. You have used your environmentally friendly allotment of recycled water, the shower warns, and the sudden coolness of the water beating down my back pulls me back from wherever my mind had wandered. How? That warning doesn't go off until after six minutes. Had I completely spaced out? My eyes sting from the conditioner slipping down my face, and my arms ache as if I've been holding them up for a long time. When I pull my hands from my hair, my fingers are pruned. I rinse my hair and the soap from my body and then turn on the air dryer jets, staring at the water droplets streaking the glass door as they evaporate. What had I just been thinking about? I have no idea. Whatever. I'm sure I'll remember later. LED words slide across the glass door as I move to open it. Health check recommended. Would you like to schedule your medical screening? Yes? No? Remind me later. I bump the heel of my hand against no and slip out of the shower and into a t-shirt and my running leggings. When I step into my living room, Leeway sits on my love seat, ramrod straight like a sentinel, and I wonder if I'd just imagined everything that had passed between us. But then he stands and comes to me and pulls me into his arms. Did you miss me? I say jokingly into his armpit. He smells like my laundry detergent. Yes, he responds simply. Yes, I did. <laughs>